Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. You can always catch us where you get your favorite podcast. Just search the Rob O'Donnell Show, download it, listen whenever you want to listen, listen when you're working out, when you're at the gym, when you're driving around, whatever you're doing, you can download that podcast, have it downloaded automatically each day. This way you have it there. If you miss something during a live broadcast, three to six, you can always go back to the podcast, fast forward it to the places you missed and uh, listen again. 54 degrees and mostly cloudy outside at 309 here in Northeast Pennsylvania on this Friday, January 26th, 2024. Just want to wish my younger brother a happy birthday today. Chris turns 50 today. Um, it's kind of a big week for us. Uh, we kind of kept it on a down low. Thank you, Jake, for keeping it quiet. But uh, Wednesday was my birthday, and today is my brother's birthday. But he turns the big 5-0, so you know, we're going to acknowledge that because that's a big milestone. Mine was just another day around the sun, so that's the way, way I treat it. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. How's everybody doing on this Friday? I um, put a little poll, uh, some, some information, useless information, I guess. I, I like to keep Fridays a little light on my Facebook. If you don't follow me on Facebook, follow me at Rob O'Donnell on Facebook or at O'Donnell underscore on X, formerly Twitter. I uh, posted what the top-selling liquor brands in the United States were, and uh what do we have? Three vodkas, three whiskeys, two rums, and at the top of the list, high noon, high sel- hard seltzers. Uh, I knew they're popular, but I didn't think they were the most popular liquor brands in the United States. And because high noons are made with vodka, they are considered a liquor brand, I guess, even though they're classified as a hard seltzer. Number two is Tito's Vodka. And number three is Smirnoff Vodka. You got Crown Royal Canadian Whiskey, Fireball flavored whiskey. Cinnamon-flavored whiskey. Number six is Jack Daniels, Tennessee whiskey. Bacardi Rum falls in number seven. Jim Bean Bourbon, number eight. Vodka at uh, New Amsterdam Vodka at number nine. And Captain Morgan Rum at number ten. So, uh, you know, that's where we're at there. So actually, it's four whiskeys if you want to want to get into it. Two uh I mean, is Fireball, I guess Fireball's really a whiskey, right? Flavored whiskey? Or is it more of a schnapps? I see, I consider Fireball more of, a, more of a schnapps or something like that. So, But those are your top selling in High Noon, number one. The top selling liquor brands in, in the United States. Now, and I'm a vodka guy during the summer. I like my High Noons. They're great tailgating. They're very convenient. You don't have to mix drinks. You don't have to worry about bottles or mixers and you just get the cans, you get what you want. But, uh, you know, I'm a bourbon guy during the winter. I'm kind of a seasonable drinker. It's not that I won't drink, you know, a nice vodka drink during the, the winter, but those are my seasonable go-tos. I'm a vodka guy during the summer, the warmer months, and a, a bourbon whiskey guy during the uh, fall and winter, let's put it. In high noons, I'm good anywhere. Beer, you know, I'm, I'm good for a good old beer. Uh... Usually the spring, that first warm day, you know, that was kind of my thing when I was in my younger days. I would go down to Astoria Park in Queens, New York, which which is between the Hell's Gate and the Triborough, what used to be called the Triborough Bridge, overlooking Upper Manhattan, Randall's Island, right across the river there in the 
the uh, East River would come up right there, and we'd go down there on the first warm day, uh, get a 12-pack of the little bud, you know, hand grenades, they used to call them or whatever, those little 8-ounce bottles, and uh, enjoy that first warm day. Get the first sunburn on your, your short sleeve shirts or sleeveless shirt, whatever you had on. Just kind of brings back that uh, young adult upper childhood. I mean, 2021 seems like childhood at this day and age. But, uh, yeah, and Corona. I, li- I like my Coronas. I like my Yinglings, my Guinness. I, I'm, I'm all, I like trying different things. So I, I like the local craft beers in our area as well. There's a ton of them. And I like to hit them when we can. But it's Friday, so that's why we talk about that. Hopefully you have something planned for today or this weekend. If you don't, maybe you should. Go someplace new. Try one of them new uh, pop-up breweries or go out and have your favorite drink somewhere. Even if it's one or two, have a good time. See some new people. See some old people. And we'll see where it goes. I'm going to talk about a lot of different things today. But again, I like to keep my... Uh, my Friday somewhat straight with uh, drama-free, but we'll see how that goes. You guys kind of determine that. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Well, we talked about the, there was some breaking news just before we ended yesterday's show that the second individual, this 14-year-old, was arrested from the, the Scranton High School incident with the 16-year-old with a rifle. And now, you know, we don't have much more information. It's being kind of cl- kept close to the vest as far as the investigation. The, the word gang is being used again from authorities. So we're bringing it up here. Uh, does it fall into a traditional gang pattern? I mean, there are some colors named from the 911 caller saying there was a red bandana, and that's indication of the bloods. But, I mean, who knows? I, um, we don't have... Those hardcore established gangs here, a lot of it's wannabe. Not to say there's not here, not to say they aren't, but it's not like you see on TV or when you hear gangs, what comes to mind. But danger's danger when you're carrying weapons, when you're looking for rivals, rather it be gang members. And I've I've talked to a couple of gang experts that I know in law enforcement, not here in Northeast Pennsylvania, but just in general, and that gang, that gang terminology is kind of morphed and been stretched now. Um, it's not, like I said, the Bloods and Crips or you know the MS-13s and this. Not to say they're not out there. They are. But the, the terminology has been stretched a lot, especially in rural or suburban areas where they're not so much gang, they're more of groups. But what, what for, for lack of a better term, what do you call them but gangs? And... I'm not saying what is or isn't here. I'm just saying what's happening across America, even you know, in our larger cities where they're seeing it kind of branch out to more than what we traditionally think of as gangs. If that's what this is, I don't know. Um, the authorities haven't released that, and I've been very strict about sticking with what the authorities uh, want to put out because it is an ongoing investigation. Obviously, what happened two weeks ago with the Scranton Police Department and Detective Gil Martin being shot twice in the head— it was an ongoing investigation. Some arrests have been made. They expected other arrests to possibly be made during the last press conference I was at with the chiefs, the head of the state police for our area, and the district attorney, where they said a juvenile, um, they expected a juvenile to be arrested. As far as I know, that hasn't happened. But here are 
traditionally two juveniles, one's being charged an adult, the 16-year-old who was carrying um, a Colt, 22 long rifle, semi-automatic rifle, in the vicinity of the Scranton High School. Now, the, the, the school and, and authorities have said they were not on school grounds. They were near school grounds. How close is it considered school property? I, I don't know. But late yesterday, as we were wrapping up the show, we got word that a 14-year-old conspirator, co-conspirator in the case, was arrested. The 14-year-old conspired with the older teen to aid in the planning or commission of shooting rival gang members and steal a vehicle, police said in a press release. Now, what rival gang members? What gangs are we talking about? What groups are we talking about? I said, the, uh, Like I said, the word gangs is being used more and more for lack of a better term. Now, I'm not saying it's not what's here. I'm not saying it's not gangs. I'm just saying that from the gang experts that I speak to from around the country that I know personally, it's kind of morphed that terminology for lack of a better term. Um, you know, you, you can only say groups so much or this and that. And, you know, what defines a gang? If it's a group of individuals that are working together, for lack of a better term, acting in concert together, you know, are they a gang? You know, we, we talk about, you know, back in, in my day where there were these robbery gangs that would go through Central Park and they were called wolf packs. And then, you know, wolf packs was a bad terminology, so they stopped using that and they, they called them, you know, gangs again because, uh, you know, a gang, a uh, pack. It's just the way that terminology spreads, especially, you know, with the critical, the critical review of what, how police call different things, how they refer to stuff, the kind of descriptions they give it. I mean, there's media agencies that aren't even giving basic demographics when it comes out because they're saying, you know, that might be bias. And it's just... Ridiculous that it needs to come to that. But there's obviously an issue in our area. The police are more than equipped to deal with it. I want to put that out there first and foremost. We have plenty of assets here. This needs to be taken seriously. It's being taken seriously. There was great work by a 911 caller who saw something, realized that something was not right, called 911, stayed in observation post, um, you know, there was a time before police got there, before school security got there, that this person was on 911, that the person, the 16-year-old, knew he was being surveilled, for, for again, lack of a better word, by this good Samaritan, and did have a weapon. It could have turned dangerous. Uh, not to say don't do those things, but just make sure when you do these things that you are safe yourself. Do it from a safe distance. Make sure you have an escape route. But again, if you see something, say something, because that's probably what stopped this from being more than it was. Because after the arrest of the 14-year-old, I don't know how cooperative either of them are being, but they obviously have information that they were there to shoot rival gang members. Did this 911 call prevent that? Probably. Did they expedite police getting there and authorities getting there before they maybe would have interdicted themselves? Probably. So it was great work all around by law enforcement. That's continuing. I mean, as we're talking about this now, speculating on things, speculating on, you know, what rival gang were they going after? What gang are they? 
What gang were the, the individuals from two weeks ago? Is this related? Let the police do their job. I, I know I have the same questions you have, um, and, and I probably have the ability to find out a lot of the answers if I really wanted to, but there's really no need for me to have that information. It's just It'll come out when it comes out, and I want to purposely re- do that and relay that to you because you know I'm in the same boat as you. A lot of you have children in this area. A lot of you live in this area and walk in and ride and go to shopping and such. The police are very hands-on here. I want to instill confidence in them from my professional experience, what I'm seeing, and let them do their job. They'll give us information as it becomes relevant to us to know. And uh, the more they think we should know, the more they think we should be on the lookout for a certain thing, certain graffiti, certain colors, certain bandanas, certain whatever. But regardless of that, if you see something out of place, call 911. Better safe than sorry. And say, hey, it just looked out of place for me. Something didn't seem right. Something didn't look right. Let Let the police check it out. That's what they're there for. I'm sure they're staffed to do that. And hopefully they're ramping up to do more of it, which I'm sure they are. Have faith in the system. It's worked up till now. And it'll continue to work uh, as they they move forward with their investigation. So great work by the 911 caller again, Scranton Police Department, and everyone else involved. And we'll get the information when it's ready to come out. Maybe some comes out today. Maybe it comes out this weekend. We'll see. But with a juvenile, you know, we're not going to get much there. But we're all the fact that they said they were there to shoot or shoot a rival gang member and steal a vehicle was a little more information than we had the the day before. So we'll see how it works out. Let me tell you a little bit about BudgetBlinds.com. You, you go to BudgetBlinds.com, you make you schedule an appointment with them, you'll be contacted by Tom or Rick. And I'm telling you, they are a leader in custom window treatments at BudgetBlind.com. They'll reach out to you. The biggest thing that jumped out at me is, is you're looking at about 90% more options than your big box stores. They showed up with a cart with binders of, of pretty much every option you could imagine. Different colors, different shades, different percent, uh, percentages, different UV protection. You know, to protect the wood in your house, your furniture, is it fading? How, what kind of UV is coming in? What kind of blinds do you want? Do you want vertical? Do you want roll-down? Do you want automatic? Do you want, you know, sun-censored blinds? It, it, they have the options for you. Budget Blinds is proud to offer the best warranty program in the industry. They includes their no-questions-asked guarantee, which means you're going to save money. You're going to go through two or three sets of blinds from the big box stores. You're going to put them up yourself. Are they going to be right? Are they not going to be right? You're going to save money, I'm telling you, because these are going to last. They're there for the long haul. Something happens to them. You got that no questions asked guarantee, which is just outstanding. Budgetblinds.com, I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. It's 323 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Uh, Cartoon characters are already out. Hey, have at it. If if you want to spend your time listening, obviously, and then send text messages that are utterly useless, then that's on you. Uh, but it must really be, I don't know, how does it? how is it going through life as a coward? I just uh, wouldn't know. But if you could tell us, I'd really appreciate it. Or call. Sign your text. That would always be great. But you're not going to distract it today, but. You know, do better. Try not to go through life as a coward. Uh, Mayor Cognetti visits the White House. Uh, She was featured in a Joe Biden commercial 
And the fact it was a Joe Biden commercial and not a White House commercial, uh, was it a campaign commercial? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it, it obviously is serving that purpose. We know how that works, but it, it goes on. Everyone does it. It was uh, more about the rescuing Scranton storefronts with this ARPA, this this reconstruction. Now they're touting that uh, the mayor gave Joe Biden a seven to eight strong, which is a Detective Gil Martin fundraising T-shirt that was made honoring the wounded Scranton police detective. Kyle Gilmartin, during a recent visit to the White House. The president is closely tracking Gilmartin's progress, and he has since the detective was shot in the line of duty January 11th, the mayor says. Uh, I truly hope so. I'm skeptical, but I truly hope so. And I've made it a point to not make this political from the start. I'll give you some observations. Uh, Joe Biden has not mentioned it, while our senators, our congressmen, our governors obviously has Um, So if this has been in the forefront of his mind, he's never mentioned it publicly. Not saying he didn't. Um, I serve on national, I have served on national law enforcement charities. I serve on a national law enforcement advisory board currently. Usually when something like that happens, you have a picture taken with the shirt. Now there may be that, but it hasn't, again, been produced. I would have no reason to doubt that she did give him a shirt. Usually when someone, especially as as prominent as the President of the United States, gets something like that, you look to take a picture. Hey, it shows support to what you're looking to raise for. It shows support for the officer, shows support for the family members. And it might be. I'm just saying that none of that's been produced. So I'm just saying in my experience, if – we were to do something like that because I've been to events with former presidents. I've been to things with former leaders, be it governors or such like that. And usually you say, hey, do you mind taking a picture with it or such like that? She was there to do a commercial for Joe Biden. Joe Biden, if you go to his Facebook page, if you go to his website, she shared it herself, The, uh, the this commercial from Joe Biden, um, touting one of his plans— she said how it was fixing some businesses in our area, named some businesses, showed him some pictures. Uh, but during that, I believe, I don't know how long it was, a minute, a minute uh, commercial that was out there. And let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, you know, nothing about Detective Gil Martin was mentioned. It was all uh, basically Joe Biden's a campaign video. Yeah, let me see. I found it here. As you know, the city of Scranton, there's different needs for small businesses and maybe in other places. We've been able to get the direct funds, tailor the programs, and get the money out the door and get the projects done. I remind my whole staff, I'm from Wilmington, Delaware, and Scranton, Pennsylvania. Let's not forget that, okay? (laughs) Northern Delaware and Northeastern Pennsylvania. We all can decide. It's, uh, It's happened all over the country. So it's one of our most simple rescue plan projects, but it's the it's very tangible and very visible, which is why we like it so much. So you see, this is Central Station Antiques. Um, Mary and Ed Beck started it in 2020. When they opened, you can see in 2020, needed a little bit of work. So when we launched our facade improvement program, they took us right up on it. 
and this is the result. So it's not good. only has their business gotten better, but Fratelli's Pizza next door, National Bakery, but National Bakery would have been around when you were yeah. a kid, National Bakery across the street also doing a facade. So this program has been contagious and more and more of the facades in Bull's Head, the whole neighborhood is kind of getting a facelift. And it's great because people see that, they understand that the rescue plan, the investment that you're making in America really is working. It's working for them and Bull's Head is working across Scranton. It's amazing how things are moving. And it gives people confidence. Yep. So they see the facades improving. They see the businesses opening. We've had record business starts in Scranton and throughout the entire county in the last few years. So people are seeing other confidence, and confidence spurs more confidence, right? It lifts everyone up, not just the small business owners, but people who want to go shop at those shops. So it's been really positive for us. We put almost $5 million into small businesses, all told. There's more of that to come. Yeah. And that was the video, and it's always good when the President of the United States features a local area. There were a bunch of mayors that he did do videos with. It's posted on uh, President Joe Biden's social media, and our mayor did share it as well. It ended off where I guess there's a picture of the the highway sign, the Joe Biden Expressway, and it, the, the camera focused in. It was a campaign video. I mean, that's what it was about our tax dollars, our tax dollars doing work here. Um, but in the media, it's being portrayed more of, you know, giving him this fundraising shirt for Officer Gil Martin, talking about his progress and such like that. I really hope that happened. I, I do. And I'm not going to say it didn't, but there was nothing shown of that. So uh, good for Scranton. And we'll leave it at that. It's uh, 3.32 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with... Uh, Brian Hughes. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. The text messages are funny right now. Uh, 55 degrees here at 338. Um, I'm sorry if I ruined you Fridays, guys, by playing that audio, but it is out there, and, and we should know. And listen, I hope I'm proven wrong here. I hope that the mayor posts a picture with the president holding that shirt up later today. Uh, I hope that... The president posts something to D Detective Gil Martin. It's just, uh, it's hard not to in, in put politics into this when that's exactly what she's doing. Um, and I'm just telling you what the norm is. I, I've done these things for a long time. I, like I said, I serve on national law enforcement advisory boards, national law enforcement charities, 501c3s. Um, certain things like that are done a certain way, and I just don't see that done here, um, just for the morale purposes. So, but it did happen. You can see it on the mayor's uh, social media page. You can see it on President Joe Biden's social media page. It's uh, to move on a little bit. Did did you see what's going on that the United States is uh, stopping, or I shouldn't say stopping is halting, same word, I guess. They're temporarily ceasing funding to the U.S. Agency for Palestine Refugees. It's called the UNRWA. Um, it's been found that 14 of their workers for the U.N., for this organization, took some sort of part in the October 7th attacks. And because 
the Israelis have gotten some hostages back by force. And through the interviews, some of them have given information that they were being held in the homes of some of these U.N. workers for the Palestine refugees. So it's been so much so where the Biden administration has now ceased funding until this is investigated. And you know just as well as I do, if the Biden administration is ceasing funding to this organization, which is through the U.N. for relief for Palestinian refugees, there's some more there there. Some actually took physical part in the attacks on that day. Uh, They have U.N. teachers that have praised the attacks in classrooms and such since. And you have workers that have housed hostages, or it's alleged that they housed hostages, per the hostages, in their homes. So um, something to keep an eye on, but the the United States and John Kirby from the podium of the White House, from from the press secretary's podium, did acknowledge this and say it's extremely concerning for the administration. That's why they ceased funding, and it's to be investigated. Uh, There were questions about, you know, the entire organization being held accountable, and Kirby did not go that far. He said, listen, we obviously have that it's alleged a couple of bad apples, but that doesn't mean the entire organization is bad, but the entire organization should be looked into, which is why they're ceasing funding and doing just that. But like I said, you know just as well as I do that... uh, just as well as I do, for them to admit and cease the funding, there is more there that we have yet to find out. And uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, Funding has been cut to this wing of the U.N. before under the Trump administration. It was reinstituted under the Biden administration. And it now has been halted until this investigation takes further there. So we'll see what happens. And we'll keep you updated. But that's just kind of some breaking news today. I, I didn't have that specifically on my schedule to talk about today, but there's been a bunch of press conferences. When I saw Kirby talking about it during his White House briefing, I figured it was worth uh, acknowledging to, to the audience here. You guys should be aware of it, that um, U.N. workers not only took part in the attacks, but since then, while they're supposedly doing relief work, getting aid, getting medical supplies to the Palestinian people were housing hostages. So it definitely needs to be investigated and looked at. It's uh, 343 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 55 degrees and cloudy outside at 347. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Can you remind us what the U.N. is? The United Nations? Hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. The United Nations. That's what the U.N. is, as per the text message. Let's see. uh, Layoffs surge 98% in 2023, and it could get worse this year per report. The pace of job cuts by U.S. employers accelerated in 2023, with the number of layoffs surging 98% compared to the previous year. That's according to a new report published by Challenger, Gray, and Christmas, which found that companies planned 
721,000 job cuts last year, a substantial increase from the 363,000 layoffs reported in 2022. The problem could get worse in 2024 as the labor market continues to soften in the face of high interest rates and stubborn inflation. Labor costs are high, said Andy Challenger, Senior Vice President of Challenger Gray in Christmas. Employers are still extremely cautious, and the cost-cutting mode heading into 2024, so the hiring process will likely slow for many job seekers and cuts will continue into the first quarter. Technology bore the brunt of job losses in 2023, with the industry shedding almost 170 employees, a stunning 73% increase from the previous year. The total falls slightly short of the annual record of uh, about 300 short. Cuts announced for the sector in 2001 due to 9-11. The tech sector will continue to be impacted by the onset of AI, mergers and acquisitions, and realignment of resources and talent, Challenger said. Retail companies also accounted for a large swath of job cuts last year, slashing almost 79,000 positions. That marks a 274% increase from layoffs announced in the sector during the same period one year prior. Challenger said retailers need to be on their toes this year, even though many companies exercise caution and flexibility in their hiring. Healthcare and products manufacturers, including hospitals, also cut a significant number of jobs. They estimated 58,000 positions in 2023, a 91% increase from layoffs announced in 2022. The top reason cited for job cuts last year was deteriorating market and economic conditions as the country grappled with still high inflation, a sharp rise in interest rates, and ongoing geopolitical tensions. Companies also blame store closing, bankruptcies, and artificial intelligence for layoffs. The labor market remained historically tight over the past year, defying economists' expectations for a slowdown, although economists say that the beginning... It's the beginning of normalizing after last year's blistering pace. It's nowhere near breaking. The report comes shortly after the Labor Department reported that the economy added 216 jobs in December, pointing to a gradually slowing labor market. Now, people say, well, how can you talk about these layoffs and all these job losses and everything like that, but yet we just got the jobs report saying it was a good GDP and there were good job reports. And, yes, we explained this yesterday. Those job reports were for... Government jobs, social service jobs, they are manufactured jobs. It's not an organic jobs report. They are creating jobs in the government with our tax dollars to manipulate the numbers. If you look into the details of it, um, which I did, I posted the report yesterday so you could look at it yourself. So you can go to my Facebook, Rob O'Donnell, and look at that jobs report. I think it's a 46-page report. You can go through it. And look for yourself to see what's said there. And, um, you know, I took the White House to task today, about four hours ago, when they posted, uh, this is coming from the White House social media account, over 40,000 infrastructure projects across the nation have been announced under President Joe Biden, rebuilding roads and highways and modernizing airports and ports and delivering clean water and high-speed internet. That's what the White House posted today. Over 40,000 infrastructure projects across the nation have been announced 
under President Joe Biden. Now, you see the word they used, announced. And I wrote, if true, why are construction jobs down from 2022 and only one-fifth of the government jobs added in which you're artificially manipulating the jobs numbers per your own BLS report? And I posted a snapshot of construction jobs where it said, in in December, construction employment continued up, adding 17,000 jobs. Employment in non-residential building construction increased by 8,000. That's what he's talking about. So he's talking about that his administration has announced 40,000 projects in infrastructure and construction, but yet they only added 8,000 jobs, which is half of what it added in 2022. So are they or aren't they? And I'm sure they announced 40,000 construction jobs, but are they real, actual, on-the-ground jobs? Obviously not, because they only hired 8,000 construction workers for non-residential construction. Now, it, it number doubles when you add residential construction. These are house buildings, building apartment buildings. You know, that's residential construction. That's you spending your money to have a house built. That's an investor building homes so somebody could buy them and make a profit. That's not government infrastructure jobs. Now, if this government infrastructure programs are booming, like he says it is, 40,000 programs announced, how come they only have half the construction jobs as they did the year before? These are questions that we need to start asking as the public. But then you look at the jobs report and government jobs – Not construction jobs, government jobs are what's skyrocketing. Social service jobs are what's skyrocketing. And what's stemming the social service job market? The taking care and the need to take care of illegal immigrants across our nation. So these are manipulated job numbers. It's artificially inflated. It's not organic. And as soon as our tax dollars stop influxing this and stop paying for this Ferris wheel, it stops. And the job market starts to really crash. And then people start to get really worried. The numbers are there for you to look at. You just need to take the time to look at them. I posted the Bureau of Labor Statistics report for you. It's not hard to find. It's uh, 3.55, time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 55 degrees and cloudy outside at 3.58. Coming up on the top of the hour here, well, half of U.S. governors are siding with Texas. Twenty-five governors from across the nation have uh, sided with Texas in the Border Patrol dispute with Biden, saying the president is leaving the country vulnerable to legal illegal immigration. Some of them are sending their National Guards to assist. Some of them are sending state police to assist. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this happens. Now, There needs to be a little correction out, and I only got a short time to do it. The Supreme Court order did not say that Texas could not put up razor wire, could not maintain it, could not add razor wire. All it said is that the Border Patrol needed to be allowed to remove it if they needed to. So there is nothing going against the Supreme Court order by adding more border border barriers, by adding more Constantine wire. That is not violating the Supreme Court decision. All the Supreme Court decision did, which there is no opinion for, 
is said that they needed to give access to the Border Patrol to remove it if necessary. When necessary. It didn't say that it couldn't be replaced. It didn't say that they couldn't put more. It just said that the Border Patrol needed access to move it if they needed to, which we've seen them do already. They took a forklift and lifted the Constantine wire a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, to let immigrants, illegal immigrants in. 